Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is Counterpoint. Tonight we are joined by Anthony Fury, who you can read in the Sun Post Media as a columnist, and then Bob Richardson, who is a senior counsel over at National Public Relations. Hello, guys. Hey. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, so we've got the massive blue wave in the driver's seat. Liberals have been reduced to almost nothing. Doug Ford said he would think about giving the Liberals official party status. But this is what Andrea Horvath said uh, on whether or not she uh, would agree to that. Um, I, that's what the people have decided is that uh, the Liberals um, have seven seats and it'll be up to Mr. Ford if he's going to decide to change that. So, uh, Bob, let me start with you on this, because you've worked with many, many liberal campaigns and certainly uh, been a longtime uh, member of the Liberal Party. Um, should they be given status? Because it doesn't sound like Miss Horvath thinks they should be. Well, I find that a little amusing, given in 2003, when they were reduced to seven seats, they were begging for status. But let's just park that. Uh, it's it's amazing when the shoe is on the other foot with the new Democratic Party. But anyways, that's uh, that's that. Look, I think it should be looked at. They got 20 percent of the vote. They're just short. Um, if I'm the government, you kind of want a divided opposition. So to um, liberals uh, and uh, new Democrats probably going at each other as much as going at the government isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think it should be taken a, taken a look at. It's been done in the past. It's a reasonable request. It probably should happen in one form or, of, uh, or another, and I suspect it probably will. Yeah, uh, Anthony, I suspect it will too, and I think Bob makes an interesting point that uh, it is advantageous for the Conservatives to split that vote and have, uh, you know, a strong, uh, you know, a, a, a liberal to, just to get, you know, that vote split. Uh, sure, and Bob makes a good point that twenty percent of Ontarians said they wanted uh, the Liberal Party to be representing them, so that's clearly some sort of, you know, official designation. At the same time, the rules are the rules, and if you give them official party status, there is some. Uh, financial component to all of that, and Doug Ford's mandate, his his, his primary mandate yeah. above everything else, is to look after the purse strings. So, but he I also said he would get rid of that vote sub. Like he he's not in favor of having, as he calls it, I think he calls it political welfare. But I don't just mean the vote subsidy. I mean when you have official party status, you have a few more. Well, we have a number of more benefits uh, in in terms of things provided to you. So, I, you know, I I think that if this is the first actual thing pledge that Doug Ford is making. Uh, from a fiscal perspective, it's not a good one, although for an olive branch to the opposition, it is. So he's he's really got to weigh that. Uh, how long do you think it'll take them to rebuild, Bob? Oh, look, it's probably a couple of elections, but let's remember, the Ontario Liberal Party just came off of a 15-year run in government. That's a pretty oh, we good know. run by, <laughs> by, uh, by any measure. So uh, quite frankly, my, my view was that uh, uh, the Ontario Liberal Party, the decision of, uh, 
about how they were going to do was made 16 months ago when Kathleen Wynne decided not to uh, not to leave. Uh, I think this uh, outcome was entirely predictable as a result of that. You simply can't break through when somebody is running at minus 55% in the approval ratings. I mean, this is about math. It's not about personalities. And uh, and it should never have gotten to this stage, and it shouldn't have happened. Uh, we should have had a leadership race. Uh, any one of three or four people probably would have delivered 30 seats and 30-something percent of the vote, uh, which is exactly what's happened in every year for the last 60 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, that didn't happen. Time to move on. Uh, it'll probably take a number of years to, uh, you know, one or two elections in the cycle to uh, to get back on track. Yeah, I mean, if they had put someone like Sandra Pupatello in, I think I think I don't even think we'd be having this conversation tonight. She would have probably taken them to another uh, majority, but they they took the path that they're on, and uh, here we are today. Let's talk about Doug Ford a little bit because he was asked today what he would do, um, and of course he'll open the books. But he was asked about the sex ed curriculum, and here is what he said. You said that you want to repeal the sex ed curriculum and replace it with something else. Will you do it in time for kids who are going to be going back to school this September? Well, again, I'll I'll sit down with uh, our new cabinet and uh, with the Minister of Education, uh, discuss that with them. Uh, But I can tell you one thing, we're repealing it. I'll tell you another thing, we keep our promises. There you go, Anthony. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people, uh, you know, whether it's uh, the chattering class, they think that the sex ed is 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 a must and uh, and that this would be terrible. But I do also know a lot of parents who would like it to be, you know, kicked back to a little bit older. Um, and I do suspect that we will uh, see it repealed, mistake or not. Well, well, my first point, I would say, is his primary mandate is to look at the books and do that very element that he said. I have a column at torontosun.com where I say that there's three things Ford needs to do off the bat. One, enact a hiring freeze until he figures out what the attrition will look like. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also needs to go and do a superior court reference or court of appeal reference, pardon me, uh, regarding the carbon tax because he's against that. And I also think he needs to convene an efficiencies panel because he talked a big game about efficiencies, didn't do a costed platform, so he needs to put Christine Elliott Rod Phillips, Peter Bethlen, Falvey, Carolyn Maroney on that panel, and they need uh, to be told, these are your targets, these are your timelines, go out and do it. The sex ed curriculum, it is, it is not his core mandate, but it was the primary issue for a number of very motivated voters, and obviously for the whole whack of Tanya Granik-Allen's leadership campaign, which, which spoke to a number of members. And there are a lot of voters in the GTA who care about this. So he's certainly got to do it. And to be honest, I, I think he can do it in a way that yeah. brings everyone together. He doesn't need to do it in a divisive way, because I know a lot of LGBT parents who are not saying that they want their children to be taught about uh, you know, sex issues at, at a very young age. So I think he can do it in a way that isn't just a soft and so-called. I tend to agree, Bob. You know, I, uh, I've i got a little one in school, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm happy to have sex ed taught. I just want it to be at an appropriate age, and I also want parents to have a, a frontline role in it. And I think, uh, I think as, as Anthony says, if it's done properly, it won't cause division. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with that. And the other thing, too, is, look, there's enough concern out there that it's probably worth the government uh, trying to figure out how to move forward on this and do it in a non-confrontational fashion. If parents are concerned that things are being taught at too young an age, I think we need to listen to that. And I think we need to take that into consideration. So, you know, let's, let's have the discussion. Let's make the changes that are required and let's move on. This is not that big a deal. Uh, There are bigger issues for this province uh, to face over the next period of time. This is definitely not one of them.
No, I would tend to agree, but uh, nonetheless, he made the promise, so we'll we'll see uh, how he rolls it out. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is Counterpoint. We've got Anthony Fury and Bob Richardson joining us. And I want to talk to you guys because uh, Doug Ford was asked today, will you walk in pride? He has, in fact, walked in pride a few times. It was Rob Ford who did not take part. But he did say he will walk if, in fact, the Toronto police are uh, involved, which I think most people would find is reasonable. I'll start with you on this, Bob. Um, do you think that's going to happen? Well, I don't think it's going to happen because I think the police have already announced that they are not participating in a formal way in Pride. I may have that wrong, but I think I have it right. So, you know, I I suspect that isn't happening um, this year. So that's point number one. Point number two is uh, I'm a a member of the LGBTQ community, and I don't think the Premier has to walk in the parade every year. I don't think it's a must, regardless of who the Premier is. I think it would be great for the Premier to attend some event. There's a number of events, yeah. Starry Night, a whole variety of The things. AIDS Vigil. Think, that, uh, those, those ones, I agree with you, I think would be more poignant. I, I, think, it's, I think it's good to show, show your support to the community the way you would to other communities. But this complete, you know, like you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do that is nonsense. Um, what you need to do is be supportive, show, uh, show support. Uh, it would be great if you could attend something. And if you could do that, I think that's terrific. Yeah, I, I tend to, you know, that's an interesting point, Anthony. You know, I'd, I'd rather our officials go out of sincerity instead of tokenism. Oh, for sure. And I think when, if the Premier is from a different part of Ontario, I mean, obviously the Premier is going to end up having some sort of home in Toronto. Obviously, that's where the legislature is. But, you know, Justin Trudeau goes out of his way uh, for pride and so forth. You know, you know what he's doing. It's for the PR opportunity, certainly, or anybody else who's coming from from afar, driving down from Ottawa. It's clearly to to make a point about that. My favorite, one of my favorite Doug Ford stories is I always take my kids to the East York Canada Day Parade because it's got a great small town vibe. It's a real local feel. And last year we were there and there's just the, you know, the Shriners and the different, uh, different, you know, bands and so forth. And out of nowhere, Doug had like parked his car off to the side and just walked into the middle of the parade route and just started his own float. And it was pretty hilarious in between a bunch of other floats. So Doug will really march in any parade because he likes to see the folks. I just, I, I got a hoot out of it. And, you know, we shook hands. And, you know, I know Doug said, okay, great. You know, keep, keep walking and so forth. It was really funny. So I'm not surprised he wants to be there. Uh, and I think it's important for him to say that because there is incorrectly a kind of fear mongering that he is some sort of, He's homophobic. I mean, he's this, yeah, and he is not. Yeah, uh, but but I think Bob makes a you know an excellent point. But I, I got to say, there's something incredibly boring about politicians marching in a parade, whereas Pride has a lot of uh, exciting floats. And whether it's Doug Ford or Kathleen Wynne or whoever or Patrick Brown, that's a, it's a pretty boring float. <laughs> hey, he could really stir things up if he just wore a pair of chaps and got on a float. Let's 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 make no bones about it. But. Okay, no, no, no. no. Please, I don't want to think about that on a Friday night. <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's talk about Justin Trudeau, because he has been accused of groping a woman at a music festival two decades ago. And this came out in an article long time ago. And he apolog- apparently apologized at the time to the female when he realized she was a reporter. It is making headlines around the world, but Anthony, it's not making a peep here. And if you know the prime minister's stance on this, you know, quote unquote, me too, um, you know, why aren't we hearing about it here? 
I do know for a fact that this story was received by a number of prominent media outlets. They made the choice not to run this story. I'm a little unclear why, uh, because the prime minister did recently make a statement saying, I am certain that nothing in my past uh, could be interpreted as being improper towards people. This uh, publication was owned by Post Media for a while, so their 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 file stories and their file photos are in their system, and I, I'm familiar with this story, and I have viewed it, and it is a, a legitimate story. I do not, I, I can't speak to the incident, and I haven't spoken to the reporter in question, who is no longer a reporter. She is in a different line of work right now, but this did appear in a paper that we did own uh, in a small town in British Columbia, and what's rather interesting is that uh, Justin Trudeau was in that town, uh, to do a fundraiser to create a ski chalet for his brother, uh, Michel, who, yeah. who died in an avalanche, of course. And while at that fundraiser, he seemed to come up and, and inappropriately touch this woman and then said, oh, if I'd known you were a national reporter, I would not have touched you, which was <laughs> a post- the excuse that <laughs> yeah. the answer he gave, which is very bizarre. Bob, well, it, you know, it troubles me that uh, we're selective in the media with who would be held to account on this and who would not be if, in fact, it's true. Well, the key part of that sentence is, if in fact it's true, uh, it seems to be, the other thing is a bit of an ancient story. I mean, what are we going to do next? Are we going to go see if Mackenzie King goosed somebody 50 years ago? I mean, is there, is there no, uh, is there no, uh, uh, is there no uh, statute of limitation? Well, he said there was not. I mean, from his own mouth. He may have said, I think that's what, you know, like, I think it, it gets a little ridiculous. You know, the other day in the press, somebody was saying uh, a minister in David Peterson's government uh, may have acted inappropriately. David Peterson was in government 25 <laughs> years ago. I mean, you know, it is, uh, you know, I think this is getting a little much. I think there are societal norms that should be followed today. Uh, I think it's made clear what is accept- uh, acceptable and not acceptable. But, you know, these this is a bit of an overreach now going back 20, 30, 40 years, you know, uh, saying things about various people. And uh, I'm not sure. uh, I'm not sure I'm there. Is there a statute of limitation on Me Too, um, you know, allegations, Anthony? Well, well, look, I find some of these stories and and I have someone close to me who was um, who was violently raped by a stranger and went through a court process about it. So I have had a lot of impatience watching a lot of people um, uh, make great attention over what I would see as very minor threshold stories. So I, I actually yeah. have a lot of impatience. Uh, minor, of these, uh, I, I should I should add minor threshold. Right. Yeah. You know, but but I've got to say, um, if there are people who are making a huge stink about this, and and Justin Trudeau, who you know constantly, endlessly goes on about these gender equality issues and rams it down our throats to the point where where women are are saying they're no longer voting for the Liberal Party and the Conservatives are more in favor. I think because they don't care for his shtick anymore. I mean, you got to wonder what's going on. And if he thinks people should be hold, held to 110% account going back to the 80s, 70s, whatever, something he did in the year 2000 in B.C., well, it, it should matter according to his own standard. Well, look, the, the president of the United States is in Canada right now. And, and uh, you know, there was a recording of him saying something very inappropriate. And that was over a decade old. So, you know, uh, I mean, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. No. Or just, I, I just think we need to be uh, forward-looking about these sort of things as much as possible, unless there was a serious violation that occurred, uh, and and if that and, and if that's the case, there shouldn't be a statute of limitations. But I think that there has been different societal norms and mm-hmm. different 
times in the last 50 years. I think it's very clear what the societal norms are and what's acceptable and not acceptable today. I think we need to live by that and we need to move forward. Fair enough, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a good weekend. That is uh, Bob Richardson and Anthony Fury joining us for our counterpoint. We'll see where that story goes. Hey, if other people come out, if other people talk about it, it will start to gain traction. But right now, it's just kind of a headline that's circulating around. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.